Hello and welcome to the Declassified Cheat Codes Podcast, your source for the newest news in gaming. I'm your host, Josiah. And I'm Hill House. And we are about to bring you not just the news, but the newest news in gaming. The newest. Um, <laughs> we were just talking about how that tagline <laughs> is really ridiculous and that if you haven't listened to all of our episodes, you may not even know where it came from. And it came from probably like episode five or six, I'm thinking. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because it was really early on in us. We use a, a text document um, yeah. to write our notes in and we just keep rewriting <laughs> over the same notes. So at some point, for some reason, the thing that said that this is where we talk about news, it turned it actually said newest news at some point. Yeah. And I think it's because no, 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 it wasn't newest news. It was it was new news. It was just uh, we the wrote new news. Yeah. The new news <laughs> because at some point I must have typed the same word twice from how many times we had retyped and edited. And so it was the new news and that evolved into the newest news. So um, I understand that we are probably not the actual newest news in gaming in like a literal sense, but. But as of it, right now, we are. But yeah, At this particular this, second, this particular this second, is, we are very, this is new. some, this is some pretty fucking new news right here. Right. At this particular point. <laughs> Have you ever, did you ever watch Fraggle Rock? Yes, actually, it's a great show. I think we've talked about Fraggle Rock on the show didn't, before. Didn't they have uh, where they would watch TV and it was the new news review with Gary Ganu? Yes, and we had talked about this too. And I totally okay. forgot about this conversation. We've had this conversation before, so that <laughs> the works. new news review. With Ganu News, yeah. Coming right at you. Dude, anyway. I still remember all the songs from Fraggle Rock, man. It's just, it's sad. One of my most happiest moments was, or times in life was when I got to watch that show. It's a good show. It was on HBO too, right? Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was like and the when you had HBO show on HBO. When you had HBO back then. <laughs> Whew. Yeah. yeah, it actually meant something. After 10 p.m., it was, was pretty 80s. damn cool. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Also, not just the newest news in gaming, but the um, probably the unsafest for work news in gaming. At oh, times. yes, absolutely. So, yeah. So be sure to be listening on headphones so that I, I just took my shirt off. So do not listen to this at work at yeah. all. We're, we're, we're also making an effort to be shirtless until we start streaming yes. live video. And then once that That's happens, right. you know, oh, no, oh, no, it's on, dude. But it's cop on. is going to come for us then. Oh, no, no, so. no, no, no. Pasties maybe, but no shirt. Pasties. <laughs> I'm just imagining 40-year-old virgin waxing scenes if you're talking about pasties, but whatever. <laughs> Jesus God almighty. <laughs> Every time I see that, I cringe. That poor so, guy, that was absolutely legit. He said that was 100% legit when they when they waxed his hair i'd forgotten about that yeah i forgot that yeah. when you it can came actually out, see him bleeding right i forgot <laughs> and uh those the two what is it uh it i can't remember the other two guys paul but, rudd uh, and uh right and, uh, paul rudd and seth yeah. rogan yes uh when they're watching uh their reactions were actually genuine <laughs> because they're watching this guy try to keep his comedic thing going while he's getting the hair 
thick ass matted hair ripped out of his chest. I mean, the dude was bleeding, but you know, hey, here's to you, buddy, because that was some ball <laughs> shit to just to be in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the real movie magic there, but um, yes, it is. Yeah, no CGI. Cool. Um, <laughs> let me get on to what we played this week. Um, yes. First thing we usually talk about after we catch up a little bit is we talk about games that we played this week and they don't, uh, they don't really ever, I was going to say they don't have to be new games, but they, for me, they're never new games. I'm always playing really old games. Um, I did play this week, a game that you played last summer and it finally came to game pass. So I decided to check it out. It was, is it called my friend Pedro? My friend Pedro. Yes. Okay. It's, um, it's how would you describe it? You play a it is a uh, you play a uh, basically an assassin type of guy, but you yeah. are led. You are led by an imaginary banana that only you can see that talks to you. <laughs> and that is your friend, Pedro. And you he tells you basically <laughs> to go and you each level is something he's telling you to do in order to progress <laughs> in the game. I only made it so far, but it is a fun platformer, bro. Yeah. Um. What I had not known because i hadn't played it at all when you were first talking about it is how much it reminds me of uh super hot it's like super hot oh, yeah but vertically and i mean horizontally instead of 3d you know yes so it's like yeah. a two-dimensional uh super hot in a sense at times it kind of um, reminded me too of uh 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 an old uh, 80s game that we used to play uh was it jungle was it jungle fighter and you had to swing and jump and you had to shoot a gun and all this other stuff. But it was, it was basically a platformer like that. But uh, this one is just way more, obviously way more advanced. The graphics are awesome and the, it is a lot of fun. Yeah. I think the funnest thing about it so far, I've only played like three levels of it is um, the ability to jump off the walls and still be able to target people. And the, (laughs) and the ability to, when you slow down time, it allows you to target multiple enemies. So basically, if you don't know about this game, um, uh, it's just a shooting game. So you shoot people and there's no there's no reason to the madness, at least so far. I assume it doesn't get much more story. Um, But um, the ability to slow down time makes it this kind of like Matrix type super hot thing where uh, you can line up all your shots and make sure that you don't get hit and things like that. Yeah, Um, yeah. You can make all these like different stunts because I was just reading through the achievements before I started playing it and mm-hmm. realizing that there was all these achievements for like ridiculous combos you can do. And I was just like, oh, yeah, it was, it was like saying things like ricochet off of a pot or something. And I was just like, yep. OK, I guess there's a level with the pot. <laughs> oh, there's some seriously but, cool ricochet shots you can do where you take out tons of people in one shot two shots you know because you know you're going to go through one hit the other but yeah it's really cool but that slowdown right. time is only available for a limited amount of time right i think it's not you get super like hot, five which seconds is the entire thing yeah yeah and then you had then it, then it's on a cooldown. but it's a really cool like you said it's kind of it reminded me of the matrix because i was doing some flips and shooting a guy and then bouncing off a wall and shooting the other guy and then landing and it it would say something cool you know that you did and i'm just like yeah you know it's kind of neat have you got to the skateboards yet no i've li- oh, literally dude. played three levels. changes 
changes all sorts of shit, but it gets way <laughs> harder, man. Uh, I actually stopped because I could not figure out how to get through this level. And something I, I will usually uh, go to Google and try to find some way to uh, get a walkthrough. I didn't want to do that with this game. That's the fun part of it. You actually want to beat these levels. If it takes you a couple of times, you, you start getting into it and you start doing calculations in your head of what am I going to do? And uh, yeah, it's a really cool game, man. I yeah. actually want to go back to it now that it's on Game Pass. Yeah, it's on Game Pass, so you might recheck it out. Um, I plan on playing it a little bit more this week because none of the games I play this week that I like complete like I was the last couple of weeks. Uh, another yeah. game that I touched on this week was Call of Cthulhu, which is... I want to hear of, about this, yeah. This this game is interesting. So it's part of the uh, Games with Gold for February. So it's free uh -huh. right now. It's probably still going to be free by the time this episode posts. Um, what's funny about this game is we have a kind of a history on the show of talking about it twice where the first time I talked about it I said what the hell is Call of Cthulhu I've never even heard of this game yeah and then the second time I talked about it I said they made a remake of this game and it's called Call of Cthulhu and it came out in like 15 or 16 I forget what year it came out and uh, now full circle it's on uh, Games with Gold and now I have an opportunity to play a game that I've talked twice about. <laughs> so I thought it was only appropriate for me to play it since it was free. Um, and so far I'm very interested in it. It's got a lot of, um, a lot of RPG elements on like stats to your character. Mm -hmm. Um, there's moral decisions, which I don't know if they actually have like any type of impact on the gameplay, but so yeah. far a lot of it feels like things you do in a certain order actually matter. So there's a lot of games that have uh, dialogue choices where you're like, oh, if you say this and offend them, they're going to treat you bad and you're not going to figure out this information if you had approached it this direction in the conversation. Yeah. There's a lot of games already like that. But this game is surprisingly making me feel like a lot of the choices are all about timing. Um, there was a, for example, in like level three, there's a building you need to get in and there's about three different ways to do it. And I was pretty deep into doing it the first way. And then I kind of backed out of it and decided to do it a different way. And while doing, while thinking about doing it the second way, I realized that there was an easier third way that was probably the safest and just little things like that are actually really great at building this game's idea of choice because it it's giving you all these different um, choices that feel like it's making other ones not matter. I guess what I'm trying to say is this game feels like it has a lot of replayability because every time I make a choice, I'm wondering what would have happened if I did something else, you know, and I like yeah. games like that. Um, the idea oh, yeah. that your game that you're playing is very unique, you know, and you feel like maybe no one's made the choices you have. For example, your character is supposed to be a recovering alcoholic or something. And um, I decide to immediately take a drink at the beginning of the game. And it says something like, your choice will affect your game. And I'm just like, hey, I just took one damn drink. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so I don't know if it's affected my morality or something. So immediately someone comes into, you're like a detective. So immediately someone comes into your office and is like, I don't know if I should trust you because you're just a drunkard. And you're just like, 
dude, I had like one drink, but okay. <laughs> like you're just going to hold it against <laughs> me. But um, I don't know. So far I'm liking it. I've only really played it two days. Um, it's, it's graphics are kind of rough. It's rough around the edges for sure. But the core gameplay and the story and voice acting are where the game actually shines. That stuff's really cool so far. I'm not sure how well the game is over time, but obviously, yes, the graphics are kind of ugly at times. Um, There's things like people's mouths don't match the voice acting, and people start moving their arms before they should be. Like, they'll be talking about something, and they should shrug their shoulders when they get to a certain spot, but they already shrugged them two seconds before they said the thing that shrugged their shoulders. There's a lot of awkwardness like that in the little mini cutscenes and stuff, but the fully rendered cutscenes look great. Um, but it's the ones that are kind of designed within the game that run seamlessly with your gameplay. Those are kind of rough because there's things like people's jaws are going through their necks and stuff. Like there's a, there's a bunch of like design problems, <laughs> but, but from a gameplay point of view, it's pretty enjoyable. If you can, if you can look back past all of that, um, rough edges <laughs> on the design. It's actually a, it's, it's a decent game. Um, it reminds me right a on. lot of that game that came out a year ago or maybe more than that, maybe two years ago. That game is called vampire. It reminds me quite oh, a yeah, bit of yeah, that, yeah, yeah. but not as open world. That game was kind of open world within its world where you can like go anywhere you wanted. This game is a little bit more linear in the sense that it loads new sections. When you go to new sections, it doesn't, have this like open world aspect to it, but it reminds me of the RPG elements that that game had. Um, in this one, you would want to like upgrade your, your knowledge of cultism and your not like the occult knowledge and then also your medicine knowledge. So it's kind of really weird in that sense, but, um, you can like upgrade everything to like do different things at the conversation, for example, you know, so, Okay. Uh, so far, I'm I'm liking it. I'll give you probably a full opinion next week if I get to play it more. But knowing me, you never know what I'm going to do in a week. But um, <laughs> let me see. The other game I played this week was Total. What was it called? Totally Accurate Battle Simulator, and it was in game preview on Game Pass. I'm not sure if it's still up or not. But when uh-huh. I did play it, this game was quite entertaining. It was really hard to put down for a while because it was just so fun to try all these different um, tactics out. So basically in (laughs) totally accurate battle simulator, um, you (laughs) are given a pool of, uh, I guess, what would you call it? Like damage points, basically. So if it gives you like 400 points, you can put out troops that equal 400. So like a small troop would be like 10 and then like an archer would be like 70 and then oh, a okay, shield okay. would be like 80. So you try to design a team that fits within that parameter to beat this AI team that has already built that parameter. And you just try to figure out something that can beat what it is because once you press start, the two teams start fighting each other. So yeah. it's about where you place the guys and does it, what you choose. Does it let you know what the other team has? Um, I think it does, but I didn't play it enough to actually figure that out. I was more eyeballing it because you can see what they have. So I can see I mean. that they had I mean, archers can you, and can stuff. You, yeah, you can see their archers. You can see their their front right. line. You can see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
So like if and, and it's I think it has about maybe six or eight different eras. So you can have like knights or farmers, which is really funny. Or um, <laughs> um, there's also prehistoric where it's like a bunch of guys with clubs and mammoths and stuff. Okay, okay. So there's like different things, and it's it's pretty cool uh, in that sense. It's really entertaining, especially if you have Game Pass. And I, I hope it's going to end up on Game Pass since it was in preview uh, on it. But it was pretty fun. Um, I definitely would suggest to check it out because it, it's it's an entertaining little uh, campaign because the campaign mode cool. kind of takes you through it one step after another. So like the first one is like, I don't know, like four guys with clubs against four guys against clubs. But then they introduce archers and they're like, okay, what are you going to do with archers? Are you going to run shields or are you just going to run more archers than they have, you know? Or are you going to yeah. run, you know, half as many archers and then a couple of shields or then once they keep adding more elements and you keep having to adapt to that new strategy. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty cool. There's like things like poison and like, it looks like there's, I think there was an ability that kind of turned your people into zombies and things like there's a bunch of stuff where you could think that this game would get really in depth. I haven't played it enough yeah. to see all that craziness, but I can only imagine that once they start allowing you to build larger teams, because it just keeps going up how big these teams can be that you have. And uh, I can only imagine that once it gets really big, it's just going to get insane, you know? <laughs> yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, yeah, definitely check it out. It reminds me of a game that kind of belongs on PC, but it ran fine on Xbox. And uh, that's more of a sign of it's probably just limited idea of the game. Like it's not saying anything bad about the game, that it's a simple idea because it does the simple idea really cool. And um, I, I think it's really worth it. I think it said that it was only $20 the game and it was $15 if you had game pass. So this is still in preview mode, but, uh, all right for a brand new game. I, I think it's pretty entertaining for that price level for sure. And this is just preview mode. So they're not what finished with it or. Yeah. It had the message stuff like, uh, it's in preview mode for, you know, pardon our dust type thing. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. But, um, I don't know. Um, we're getting some pretty good previews of games recently, which is kind yeah. of leading into our topic. Um, we hinted at last week. Uh, if you listen to last week's episode, we said that we were going to play the open beta for Bleeding Edge. Oh, yeah. During uh, what was it? Three days that it was on Game Pass. Yeah. Three days. And then it'll yeah. be on again in March. Yeah. yeah. So there's three days of open beta. And um, I'm going to let Mike talk a little bit about it. Um, before I say what I want to say about it, but, um, well, go ahead and give us your opinion of it. Well, I think that, you know, um, when I, when I was getting ready to play this game, I was basing it off of my idea of it was based off of what I had seen visually. Yeah. And then, uh, what I interpreted through that visualization was, uh, like a gathering of a whole bunch of different ideas from, other artwork of other games, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. But, but then I fell into the trap of thinking that this game was going to be a melee overwatch or a melee paladins. Okay. Um, I was comparing it a lot last week to those two games because that's what it looked like to me. Um, and I played just a small, tiny bit of it before the show. But uh, after that, I got into it and it's dude, this is completely different. To me, it is nothing like Paladins. It is nothing like Overwatch. 
I think it's uh, a really cool melee uh, arena style game. And it's it, it, it just it kept me kind of captivated. Uh, I was a little triggered uh, because I'm not as skilled or advanced as some of these other people that were playing the game, which I think were very, quite possibly people uh, who uh, were either on the development team or some way involved in the development <laughs> of the game, because some of these people just knew way too much in a three day period about these characters and were just doing absolutely awesome. But then at the same time. I should say that, you know, there are several uh, guides already out on the Internet uh, for this game. Um, but I uh, I have to say, I even though this is just a beta and there were some buggy situations here and there, I fell in love with the game, dude. Uh, I want to play it more. I can't wait to see how I progress my my uh, each one of my characters because you can build each one up. Uh, there is a pool of it. Uh, what is there? How many? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Should be eleven. Eleven. Yeah, yeah. eleven characters, so and far. every one of them is is completely different. Um, I think there's some balancing issues, of course, because it's still a beta. But other yeah. than that, dude, I I absolutely loved it. I love the graphics. I love the. I love the fluidity of the movement of each one of these characters. I like the diversity of it. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a lot. It's a lot of fun. I think that this is a game that is going to kick some serious ass if you give it a chance and you actually play it. I think this is going to be a game that actually kicks some serious butt with the other uh, the competitors, and it's going to pull a lot of people in. I yeah, mean, I um, could see I could see leaving Overwatch and playing this game for quite a while. I mean, I wouldn't leave Overwatch completely. I'm not going to lie, but, but yeah, this is a very cool game. So yeah, this game is inspired by so much different stuff you can tell oh, yeah. and, and they're not ashamed of that either they understand that they've taken a lot of inspiration from other games so like stylistically the characters do look like overwatch meets sunset overdrive or oh yeah good comparison something like that it feels like that type of style um it's got that kind of graffiti um punk futuristic type style um yeah yeah it also, though gameplay-wise, it reminds you of Overwatch in the sense that it's a team-based uh, combat game. But obviously it's not yeah. just a shooter. There's a lot of melee combat. And I was hearing a lot of people make comparisons to Mortal Kombat um, as far as how the hit detection works and the combos and stuff. I can and, see that. Uh, I haven't played enough Mortal Kombat to actually speak to that, but... I guess a good comparison would be that it's Overwatch meets Mortal Kombat. But then at the same time, we can also separate it further from both Mortal Kombat and Overwatch because it's 4v4. And yes. Overwatch is 6v6 and Mortal Kombat's 1v1. Um, the top's two, 2v2 maybe. Um, so yeah. anyway, uh, there's that that makes it a lot different. Also, in addition to those differences... There is a power cell mode that um, I actually didn't know of in another game until my brother reminded me of Destiny had that. And I was like, that oh, is right. Did. I forgot Destiny had a power cell mode. And actually, I think I had the most fun when we were playing that one day in that power cell mode. I think that was the funnest game mode. The idea of being able to kill other players and then steal the power cells that they were carrying before they could deposit them. That was a cool game mode. I thought that was a lot of fun for that style of characters. Now, the capturing points one, the control yeah. 
maps. Those were cool, too. They're really fun, too. But I can see this game if they keep adding characters. Um, there's going to be certain characters that you're only going to play on certain types of maps. You know, yes, it's going to be yes. that there's there's characters that are built for control maps. And even if they want you to play all the I keep wanting to say heroes, all of the uh, fighters is what they're called in uh, Bleeding Edge. Even if they want you to play all of them, there's going to be preferred fighters to yes to control, and there's going to be preferred fighters to the battery one, and um, you know, vice versa. But I think the biggest weaknesses that I noticed that the game had, and the thing is, this is a very polished beta. This this oh, beta yeah. looked really good. Um, I had maybe one or two disconnection issues, but that's probably just because of how many people were playing it because they threw it up on Game Pass. Um, but besides the few connection issues I had, most of the time it was fine. Like, um, oh yeah, I never got kicked from a match. I was only kicked from queue, basically. Um, but the few issues that I had were things like um, the camera was kind of frustrating in some close combat and when you're locking on to another character the camera can get kind of mm-hmm. ridiculous also there's some times where you're trying to jump away from an enemy and if you're jumping towards the camera so this game is in third person this is something that wouldn't be an issue in like overwatch but since yeah. it's in third person when you're jumping towards the camera and it's locked onto a character Sometimes it jumps the wrong direction or it starts yes. shooting the wrong direction. One of the two. <laughs> I've noticed that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, this is an issue that is just because of how the game is designed in a third person mode, but I'm sure they're going to fix that. That oh, seems yeah. like something that's easily patchable. But in the beta, it was pretty noticeable on certain characters that the camera was having real trouble with them. In addition to oh, the yeah. fact of if you were... Um, if if a bunch of other characters like basically what's the proper way of saying gangbang? If a bunch of other characters are like destroying you, like just ganging up on you, I guess that's the safe one. If it's a 1v4 <laughs> melee crap, then yeah, yeah you're going to get melted real quick. You are going to get melted real quick. In addition to that, the camera is going to like want to go through your body. <laughs> yeah. Um, it yeah. gets really close to you when that starts happening and it gets pretty It happened a lot when I was playing uh, Nidhogger. He's like a rock and roll melee assassin. And yes, that was happening a lot because I. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I died a lot. <laughs> but yeah, but the characters are really fun. Um, there's only oh, 11. Yeah, they're very colorful. Um, yeah. There's a lot of different ideas going on with them. I think one of the cleverless, <laughs> cleverless, the most clever um, designs is the <laughs> snake guy. I don't even know what his name was, but it's like this. Uh, I believe that's Kulev. Yeah. And basically he's got this like host body that he walks around with. That's clearly a dead person. And his right arm is this snake, which is clearly in control of it. And it's just a cool design for a character. Um, And this universe that this game is set in has this attitude that something like that actually works in Uh, a character like that would not work in Overwatch very well it'd be really off out of left field it would not work in something like um apex legends which is a lot more grounded in reality of humans (laughs) um it's is something like that is going to define the image of this game and i think i think this game is really going to do well with the colorfulness of the characters 
because it realizes that you set the tone of your entire game on yeah. launch, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, same thing goes with Overwatch. If Overwatch was 100% animals, there's no way that they could start adding humans, you know, in the same yeah, sense. Yeah. See, in the same sense, if they launched Overwatch without Winston, um, I don't think we would have Wreck Ball. I'm pretty sure that no, there, we it would be unacceptable to have another animal. <laughs> yeah. um, you kind of set the tone of your characters at launch. And this game has so much room to grow because of the tone that they've launched. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. Okay, cool. Um, what was the other issue I had? Oh, there's no roll queue, and that is yeah. obviously an issue with this game. Um, hopefully they will drop that before it launches, um, because I understand why there's no roll queue in beta, because you're trying to get everyone to try out a character and find one that they like. But if you were in queue for real games... It was kind of annoying because people would be running, of course, for damage when your opponents were running a tank and a healer. And there's really nothing you could do at four damage. And um, I understand it was in beta. People were just trying to try out the different characters. It's not a yeah. big deal. But it was pretty obvious if you're trying to be competitive with it that um, having no roll queue is a problem and it needs to be addressed a lot quicker one of the than things, other issues you know and one of the things that that accounts to too and i agree with you as far as the role queue you really need to have uh people forced into areas you know that where you need them like you know tank damage and support uh it just has to be that way but the the reason why and this is 100 legit is this is not a kd gathering game this is a group game or else, just like we said, you're going to be in a 1v4 confrontation and you're going to get melted. Yeah. Um, in this game, in Bleeding Edge, the key to it, and I do not think this is going to change one bit. If you stay together, you're going to win. Period. If you try to go and be her a hero and run off in a different direction, you're going to freaking die. Because the fact of the matter is... Almost 99% of the teams that we faced when we were playing this beta were teams that stuck together. And, you know, they may have been all four communicating and we had three of us and then a random. But still, even then, uh, <laughs> if if we would have stuck together as a team 99% of the times, I think that the outcomes of those matches would have been much, much different. But it is it is a very much a team uh, a team construction kind of game. You you have to have your team together, and even a a, a you know a fairly crappy uh, meta put together is going to stand a good chance rather than you know a team that splits up and runs away. I mean, as long as you have the basics of it and you stick together as a team, you still have a chance. And that's the thing about this game that I like the most is it's it's really about being a team, not about going and chasing your kills. It's not <laughs> about that. It's about it's about the W as a team. Right. And that brings up the question of th there is something to be said about not having a role queue in the sense that there were some teams that were unbeatable. Oh, yes. That we were playing when they were running two tanks. When half of them were tanks, that was just... Yep ridiculous two tanks one deeps and a healer and they were all right. sticking together and they were smacking the crap out of us dude and so what they would do is the healer would be playing the back line the two yep. tanks would be on the point and they would be running that ninja that could turn invisible yeah and <laughs> he would just get behind you when you were trying to move in and then just run or else, away 
or else they were running uh, uh, Cass because she gets faster the more she runs. And she's really good at, at just she kind of reminds me of Tracer in a way. Right. But and but she uh, yeah, she basically she'll shoot you and then she'll run away real fast and she gets super fast. You can't catch her. And then she'll shoot you again. And, you know, and yeah, it's these guys were just locked on. That's why I think some of these people know way more about this game than what folks are supposed to right now. <laughs> right. Um, I, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty sure there was an alpha probably also available, but that. Oh, uh, yeah, probably. So they could be also that. Um, but no, for the most part, this game is really, really looking good. Um, as oh, we yeah. said, I think we said it last week. It looks like it's launching at $30 like State of Decay 2 did. So that seems to be a Microsoft thing. It's very interesting to launch brand new games at $30. Um, but in addition to being launched at 30 that's more of a charity to them because they probably realize that most of the people that are playing it have Game Pass. But that's just something that they're going to put their chips into, you know, to get people yes. on their service. Um, but no, it's a really good price and it's probably going to be and it's, you know, it will be free with Game Pass. And um, it's it's really looking good. There's also a dojo mode inside of the game. So that's another thing that makes it feel like a fighting game, like a Mortal Kombat, where you can yeah. go into that dojo and you can create scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, you can up the difficulty of the AIs. You can try out new combos. It, it's a really cool mode. And for example, that could be a reason why we we're also getting trampled is we didn't do that mode enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You could do some really in-depth um, practices in that dojo mode. Oh, yeah. And, um, if you have a team, you could use that to actually build your team up and practice scenarios like, you know, Josiah is saying and actually move into right the legit combat and and, you know, use those those scenarios in a real time thing. And it's a really good tool, man. I love it. That was something that I always thought was weak about Overwatch was the training mode. It's nothing. Yeah, the training room is so boring. And it's the same guys, dude. It's (laughs) just how many times can you kill all those freaking bots? It's just. Yeah, it's really worthless. It's just to like practice attacks and see how much damage they do. That's about it. Um, and then if you do the AI mode, it's AI on maps that you play, and they're really stupid. Um, yes. The AI on Overwatch is just terrible. And that could just be because we're good at that game. I don't know. Maybe maybe the dojo on Bleeding Edge is actually really dumb, too, compared to humans. And we're just not good at it. Because I upped the AI, and I couldn't do anything. I had to keep it at a certain level to even practice Uh, because once you got it at a certain point um, I wasn't practicing I was just running for my life (laughs) so I don't know that could just be a comment on our skill levels between the two different games but uh, this game looks really promising for Microsoft Um, oh yeah oh yeah um, it's also going to be on PC so I I assume it's going to have a big PC following because of the fact that it's going to be exclusive to xbox and then pc is going to be the main source of you know being able to play it without an xbox so i um, honestly think that this game is going to take off i think that this is going to become a an an obsession style game for a lot of people uh me included um i really even though i didn't do that good i want to take the time to learn that how to play these 
fighters. It's the same thing that happened with Overwatch. I was absolutely horrible at Overwatch. And now I consider myself, after you know practicing, I consider myself a fairly competent Orisa. And you know, I um I think that it's the same thing with this game. It's gonna it's gonna take some people some time, but I think it's if you go in with with no expectations and not comparing it to any other game, you're gonna have an awesome time and you're gonna fall in love with this game. I really do believe that. But you have to go in not expecting it to be like other games because it's not. It's it's like them and not like them at the same time. That's <laughs> the best way I can describe it. Right, because, I mean, we could talk about this more. It even has more elements that feel like Paladins. I didn't even get to that. It has the ability where you can mess with your loadouts like Paladins oh, yeah. has. But yeah. unlike Paladins, you have to earn credits to earn the different... Um, tweaks that you can do to your stats and your mm-hmm. loadouts. Um, and, and those we, stats become permanent, right? No, 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 not permanent. Um, just for that game, you could switch between or for each game. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Basically, but you can pick up those loadouts. Once you buy them, that loadout is made and you can pick that oh, up yeah, for the yeah, next yeah. game. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't forget. I don't remember how many points it is, but let's say that you can get plus three points. So there's three attributes that you can add to your character when you start the game. Um, I was wondering if this was going to get out of hand, like if it was going to be unfair player pools, basically as st- would a person that just picked up the game have a disadvantage to someone that has played the game for a long time. The way that it doesn't let you do that is yes. Someone that's played the game a long time can change his preference of stats, but yeah. his stats are the same amount of change that someone just starting has because if you have not purchased or unlocked any new stat bonuses or anything to actually tweak your character, all of the characters have a base three that just are come with the character. So they're going to have the same amount of stat change as you know, the veteran player has, but the veteran has the ability to choose different things but, you know, at the end of the day, it's still balanced, I guess, to a degree. This game uh, does look like it's going to have trouble with balance all yes. over the board, though. <laughs> I think it is going to have trouble. But but so has Paladins and so has Overwatch. Uh, any of these games with with a with the diversity of characters that you have. And I think with Eleven, that it's fair to say that they may not have as much of a balancing issue as some of these games that have 30 to 40 uh, different champions or heroes. Um, but yeah, it, it does become a problem with any kind of these games, you know, where you're having the different, yeah. uh, such diversity. It's just gonna, it, it's gonna be that kind of an issue. But I think that these guys, honestly, the way this game felt and how polished it looked, because for a beta, like Josiah is saying, guys, this thing is freaking amazing. And they have a second beta coming out in March. So I think what they're doing is they're taking the information that they gathered from February and they probably already knew a lot of these issues that they wanted to fix. They were just getting confirmation from the rest of the world. And so these guys are going to pump that into it. And then, boom, they're going to set out in March and you're going to see some amazing changes already, uh, probably with connectivity and setting up the teams. Uh, but, yeah, I, I honestly think this game is going to take off. I think it has something the other games don't. And uh, the fact that you can't just go out and be a hero. I love that, dude. 
I love that because there's nothing that pisses me off more than when you are on a point and you're holding it like a some bitch. And then all of a sudden it's just you and the healer. <laughs> right. And it's like, where is everybody? Get your asses back here. So we can hold this point. It is, this isn't, Hey, I'm going to make sure I've got more kills than you because I've got to the point where I can give two shits. How many kills I get anymore in the game. I want the W. Yeah. So yeah, I think this is going to be a, a really welcome change for a lot of people. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I, I, for one, I'm going to be playing the hell out of it. So look me up, add me, let's go. <laughs> so there are a couple of more things that are similar to Paladins too. I, I just remembered a couple of more. It's yeah. not just the stats. I forgot when you start a match, you choose between two different ults. That's true. Where yes. Paladins doesn't let you choose between ults, but Paladins does let you load out a bonus. So yes. in addition to your cards and Paladins, you can also choose a bonus. One of three, um, yeah. Yeah, one of three bonuses. But in this sense, you choose between two ults. Now, that sounds cool. Like, yes, that's diversity. It means that when I load into a game, I don't know what ults those characters are going to have, or they don't know which one I'm going to have. Yeah. Um, but you got to see how this is going to be in a couple of years. You're going to realize that everyone's going to generally hate certain ults, and they're going to say yeah. that some ults are trash and you have to run this ult. And it's going to be like the whole Overwatch thing where people start hating on you for even running Hanzo or widow yeah. in a certain yeah. period of time in the game where people are going to see that you chose a certain ult and they're just going to heckle the heck out of you and just be like what an idiot choosing this ult you know so i understand that the choice of ults is not going to mean much way down the road but in a healthy fun community it's a cool addition i don't yes, know how it long is. it's going to last as a cool addition <laughs> but um when you're starting out, it's a pretty cool thing to choose your ult because as long as they keep it balanced, it's just a style choice. You could be like, I like this type of ult more than this type of ult, you know. But the nice thing with that, though, is that having the two different ults, it, it you can base that around each one of your builds. So let's say, you know, you're talking to your guys and they want to run two tanks, a deep and a healer. And one of your ults is ideal. You're the DPS and one of your ults is ideal for a specific build that's made for that comp. Or if you want to run one, one tank, two deeps or one tank, two healers, it's same thing. You know, you're, you know, that, that you may build, have a different build that's locked on. Cause I think you get to keep three builds also. Yeah. And one of those builds could be perfect for that specific uh, uh, situation to go with one specific ult. So I think that the, mm -hmm. it's really deep how deep they've gotten into it. And I, I honestly think that it's a, a great addition also. I, I think that it's a nice little a nice little filler for it. But I think that both of those ults are going to come into play quite a bit. And I think some really talented people are going to start looking at the numbers. I'm not one of them because I give two shits about the numbers. What I'm waiting for is your how-to guide so I can just cookie cutter that shit. All right. But I think that it's some really talented people are going to be able to make some really good builds off of both of those ults. And we're going to see some really cool gameplay out of it. Right. And once you start talking about the different ults and the different builds and all that stuff, then it makes a little bit more sense why you wouldn't have a roll queue. Because without yeah. a roll queue, it means you can even get more in-depth on what type of strategy you want to run. Oh, yeah. So something like standard quick play, which it doesn't have something called that yet, 
um, standard, normal, you know, quick play type, jump in and play the game might not have roll queue. But what they could do with Bleeding Edge is that when they have a competitive game mode, that it could have a cycling roll queue. And I'm only suggesting that because they only have four players with three classes. So one of the classes is going to get two if you make roll queue. And you would assume it would be damage. But that takes out every strategy of having two tanks or two healers, you know. Um, So with a cycling roll queue in competitive, I'm suggesting the idea that um, maybe season per season, um, there's two tanks, one damage, one healer. And then the next season is like two damage, one tank, one healer, you know, something like that, where it cycles through different types of cues. You get what I'm saying? Where people would get used to that cue and they would run things for that. It'd be a lot more consistent competitive play. But I do, I guess I would kind of understand if the standard quick play mode in bleeding edge would not obtain it, but I don't know. It could make people angry because it, it made a lot of people angry in overwatch when the quick play was like unplayable because so many people would not run good comps, you know? Yeah. And I think you're going to run into that though. In this game, you are going to run into the same thing later on down the road. Like we did in overwatch where playing quick play, the standard quick play, it did suck. And it kind of does suck now because you, you get people that I'll, I'll be a tank and nobody wants to fucking heal and everybody else is DPS. And it's like, if I don't play with, you know, the Crunchberry gang or RLG, then that's what happens is I, I get these people that don't want to freaking play the, the, you know, the, the comp that you need in order to, to actually get a win. Let's say you're playing Hollywood. Well, you, you obviously, you have to have a shield tank if you're on defense, you have to. And, but then everybody else goes DPS and you have no healer. What do you do? you're going to get railroaded on a, on a, on a map like Hollywood, you're going to get smashed into the ground and they're going to take the first point in no time at all. And then they're just going to go around the corner and win the game. And that's just, you know how it is. But I think, I honestly think in this game that you don't necessarily have to have the perfect comp. If you use your ultimate in conjunction with another character's ultimate, if you have the knowledge of all these 11 player, uh, uh, fighters if you have a a basic knowledge of all of them i think that you're going to and and i say that because the pool of 11 is so low that this is actually a group that you could get to know each one of these uh uh fighters and you could uh you know learn how to play each one of them i think fairly easily not like you could with overwatch or paladins where you're looking at 30 plus so I, I think there's an advantage to it. And I think that the way that they're going to do it with 4v4 and the the individual, uh, the two individual ultimates and having to build off of those is going to, I think that's going to play out for a long time. And I really do. This is something that's, that seems new to me. You know what I mean? It seems like a new, awesome yeah. way to do a combat style game. Yeah. And the thing is, it really works. One of the things that, is the most pleasing about its design is that third person. Um, yes. Having a third person uh, team-based shooter is really refreshing. Um, if you're used to all these other competitive shooters that are in first person, including Overwatch, including yeah. Paladins and competitive. Of course, Paladins does both in quick play, but in competitive, it's stuck on 
first person. First so, person. Yeah. Um, so it's really cool to see a game try third person. Obviously, it's run into some issues with the uh, camera a little bit, but oh yeah, I have yeah. to say I was surprised in the just the intro, the training about how the camera was working at first because I was just like, I'm really impressed that this is actually playable, you know, and yeah. um, to see some bugs later on with a few characters that that's really not a big issue in beta. I'm really excited for this game. Um, I guess we don't have to keep talking about it too much more, but it's it, it was our topic for the day in the sense that I felt like this game was really important for this year. And oh yeah, it's, it's going to be overshadowed a little bit by other big games that are coming out this year, being that it's only on one console. But um, I think it's, well, it's really going to be important, on PC also. You know, you know, I think that's a good thing about it is because of Game Pass, it's going to be on PC. Um. Oh, it launches on March 24th. So I believe the the second beta is going to be March uh, like 16th or something just to get any last minute bugs out of it. But yeah, this launches on Game Pass on March 24th. Sweet. I will um, have it. I will have it. I don't even have this in my notes, but um, I guess let me play the intro music for the news before I start talking about news. Sounds good. Um, so I didn't even have this in my notes, but um, you were talking about Game Pass and you were also talking about, you know, March. Um, and it made me remember that Stated Decay 2 is having a Juggernaut Edition release on March 13th, which I'm actually really oh, wow. looking forward to because I once again have gotten back into Stated Decay. I keep going back. I to saw game. that. I um, saw that. It, it's, it's just a fun game. And I'm actually kind of excited about this Um juggernaut edition um the juggernaut edition is going to include all the dlc so now for the price of state of decay already was 30 dollars. you'll get all the dlc in it in addition it's going to be a total overhaul on the graphics so it's going to be like we had a couple of years ago with overwatch where it was a total uninstall and reinstall basically yeah um, yeah i'm pretty sure that on on the uh, 12th or 13th whenever this is goes live uh state of decay 2 is probably going to totally reinstall um because it's going to have graphic updates it's going to have a brand new map which is really cool there were only three so now there's a fourth um there's gonna be a bunch of new stuff in the games and the big thing is they're promising some bug fixes um then if you know anything about state of decay 2 it is plagued with bugs and um i'm I'm actually going to be kind of sad to see some of them go there. There's some hilarious bugs in state of the gate too. As much as they're frustrating, a lot of them are really heartwarming. Um, I'm really glad that a lot of people have made YouTube compilations of the glitches and bugs in this game because <laughs> that will help them live on. Um, because there's things state of the gate too. I guess I'm going to talk about it because by the 13th, these won't be in there um, <laughs> of next month. Uh, there's things like doors will fall off after you drive past a vehicle that you didn't even touch. Um, sometimes your vehicle <laughs> will randomly just 
launch up into the air like it hit something when it didn't hit anything. Um, I've just the other day, um, Jin had one of her characters from full health enter like critical, almost about to die health for no reason. There was nothing near her. Um, <laughs> you could coronavirus. Um, yeah, you can. <laughs> Jesus, you can phase through corners. I've been stuck in the ground before by doing a killing move. Um, just the other day I did it. I did a like a finishing move where you get down on the ground and finish off the zombie. But for some reason, I took him all the way through the ground and then I was stuck in the ground and I was walking around beneath the map. Uh, there's ridiculous bugs in this game. And the proof that this game is really fun at the core level of gameplay is the fact that I can look past all of those annoying bugs and still enjoy the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. So it's, it's a good game even with all those bugs. Um, I understand how some people can't stand them, but I, I'm going to be slightly sad to see some of them go. And it, it's really funny. Uh, one of the, one of the most popular bugs that they said they're going to remove is the invisible zombie bug, where if you're playing in another person's um, like game, you, they will be able to see this zo- zombie and you won't be able to see it. And so it'll be attacking you and you can't do anything about it because in your game, you don't see anything. So you can't make any hits. There's no hit detection because there's nothing there, but your friend can see them and kill them. And then once they kill them, it suddenly appears on the ground dead. It's a very common bug in the game and it happens all the time. Um, it's really annoying and I'm not too sad to see this one go. Cause it's more of a nuisance. Um, I'm going to be sad to see all the little ridiculous things like flying through the sky and shit, but um, yeah, it's, it's going to be improved a lot, hopefully. Um, so yeah, look for that on the 13th. If you have game pass, um, the juggernaut edition of state of the gate two is just going to get a lot bigger and you're going to get all those other game modes. Hopefully they take the bugs out of the DLC too. If if you thought State of Decay 2 was buggy, the DLC that they added was super buggy. <laughs> um, so hopefully they take all those bugs out too. But we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. And uh, I will for sure be the first to tell you my opinion of it when that happens. Right on. Okay, so let me get on to some news, I guess. Um I guess that was news, but yeah, let me get on to some more news then. Uh, the newest news in gaming right here. Um, <laughs> if you haven't already heard, um, there are rumors about the PlayStation 5 is having real trouble with keeping the price of the system down because of the heat sinks they're using. Yeah. Um, if you haven't already read this, um, I've seen tons of people sharing different articles about this. And it's all about the fact that they're trying to avoid the PlayStation five sounding like the PS four does sometimes. <laughs> um, if you have a PlayStation four, it's a lot louder than an Xbox one or Xbox one X. Um, I know the original Xbox got loud sometimes with its heat sinks and its fans and all that, uh, because of its heat levels. Um, I, I've never heard too loud of an Xbox one S or one X, but my PlayStation four pro is ridiculously loud when i start booting up a game um that thing it it is no joke some people say it sounds like a helicopter is about to lift off um the ps4 pro sometimes sounds like you know you turn the vent on an air conditioner it doesn't sound like you you kicked in the uh, coolant yet but it sounds like the fan mode is on (laughs) 
<laughs> and it gets it gets really loud. So um, the real question is, are these heat sinks worth it or are they worth a loss for the company? Because, yes, better heat sinks mean that it'll be quieter and you can have a better product and it yeah. will last longer and perform better. I get all that. But if it the the thing is they're really focusing on the fact that it was loud, that the PS4 was loud. And the thing is, if it's really just about the loudness, is that worth an extra hundred dollars on the price tag? You know? And that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing a lot of people saying that they're missing their pricing by a hundred dollars is why they have not announced the PS5 yet. Yeah. And it's because of those heat sinks. And I don't know if that's worth it. Um I'm thinking, and the thing is, I'm already in this mindset the, that the Xbox is going to have a premium edition and an intro edition. And oh, I yeah. would assume that the premium edition would be quieter and smoother running and all that stuff. But is if the P- PS5 is only having one edition at launch, uh, the question is, which way are you going to go? Are you going to go towards quality and make hope people pay the extra dollar? Or are you going to cut some corners and realize that it might be loud <laughs> and uh, have a yeah. console that's priced a little bit more appropriately. And the thing is, uh, judging by what PlayStation's done and the generations that they've won the console wars on, uh, everything but the PS3, they were the cheapest on the market. Yeah. And um, I think they might end up deciding to not do these heat sinks because I think uh, the pricing is really important to them. Um, if the Xbox Ser- Series X, that's crazy that's called that. Okay. Uh, if the Xbox Series X releases with a version that's cheaper than the PS5, that could be a real kicker. Especially if Xbox does really well this year with games like Bleeding Edge and then promising things like Hellblade 2, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Xbox is looking pretty good right now. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If PlayStation can't beat them on price, um, they're going to have to really go hard with the idea that people are willing to pay for quality. And as much as you hope people are like that, I'm about to let you talk, Mike. As much as oh, you no, hope no, people are you. like that, um, it, it doesn't fail. The, the best, the most affordable option often does the best. And that's yes, just how exactly. history has told it, you know, but what were you going to say? No, no, no. It's along the same lines. I, I honestly think that they are going to lose out of this. There's a lot of projections saying that they're going to sell, you know, uh, uh, millions of them when they come out. But I honestly don't think that's going to happen. I mean, think about what the what's the majority of these uh, uh, consoles that get sold? Parents, if you think about it. The majority of it is parents that buy them. They're going to all, they're not going to necessarily buy the most expensive one. They're going to buy the cheapest one. And, you know, if their kid says, I want a PS5, but it's $200 more than an Xbox, parents are going to say, guess what? You're playing Xbox now. That's just the way it is. <laughs> and I honestly, I this, honestly think this is, that, this is that like choosing moms choose Jif. And then it means yeah. that your parents don't love you if they give you Skippy. You know, there ain't no there ain't no coupon for a PlayStation. 
You know, I mean, it's going to be, that's how it is. And and I think that these people are going to, I think they're making a huge mistake with the heat sinks. I understand why they're doing it because it's going to be quality, but they should do, they should take a page out of what Microsoft is doing and release a, you know, economy version and an, uh, uh, a platinum edition. You know what I'm saying? They, that's what they need to do. If they want, if they want it to take off and at least have some sort of compat- competition with Xbox, that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to match them. Right. And I think that's something that is a lot more open to the minds of the consumer right now, because up until recently, I talked about this probably on 10 episodes ago, uh, we were talking about how when consoles went through different forms, they would get smaller and more powerful, but it would always get rid of the previous version. But the last like three or four years, we've had two of each console available yeah. Like they had intro ones and, you know, premium ones like we're already used to that. So it really makes a lot of sense to launch with a premium and a, you know, a budget one. Yes, it does. Um, it makes a, it's a way good business sense to do it. Otherwise, if they if they put all their eggs on this one and include the heat sinks, they're not going to do what they think they're going to do as far as sales. <laughs> yeah. What it's if place- going to happen? <laughs> what if PlayStation uh, announces that they're having two different versions, a premium and a, like an intro version. And then (laughs) Xbox comes out like the next week and says that they have three different pricings. (laughs) They have like a medium one, a cheap one and a expensive one. So they have, they have the cheapest, the most expensive and one between the two PlayStation prices. We have a, we have a case with a CD rack that opens and then we have the two that work. Right. And that's what you're going to (laughs) get. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I mean, I would like to see the PlayStation do good because they are a good system. Um, and that whole competitiveness between the two is, I, I think it's a good thing anyway, regardless. Ooh. But um, I just thought of yeah, an idea. I just, I, I don't think they're going to succeed if they go with the one. What if the Series X has that ridiculous name because you build it? What if you could buy them off of Microsoft's website and you decide what you want to put in it under like a certain parameter? Like what if they let you choose each thing that like you put in it? Like a PC build. Yeah, like a PC build. And that will like add this extra thing that people feel like they have this like personalized Control Xbox. Over what they're playing you know? with. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome, dude. Yeah, and, and like you wouldn't would let them awesome. choose everything, but like yeah, there, yeah, yeah. there could be an LED light at the top where they choose the color of that or if it's a, a RGB one and then there could be like the different RAMs that you would choose and then you could have, you know, the better heat sink <laughs> and then <laughs> stuff like that. Like that would be actually a really cool idea if they went through with that because they already have the the Xbox controller lab. And I understand that this idea doesn't make sense on the idea of mass production, but on the <laughs> idea of, but, but it could be, yeah. yeah, but it could also be fake in a sense. Um, if they yeah. limited how many different things you could control, they would just manufacture a bunch in each different possibility. You know, true. if you don't have true. many options, then you can just make all the options, you know, and then sh- ship them out. That is true. That is true. I'm not trying to give you ideas, Microsoft, but I hope you have big ears. Um, <laughs> and if you do like that idea, 
Please send a check or money order to Declassified Cheat Codes. Care of Josiah. Yeah, they're going to send that with no address. They're just going to put it in the mail, like letter to Santa. (laughs) It'll be a check made out, but it's not signed. (laughs) Yeah, someone's like, who's Declassified Cheat Codes? (laughs) It has no state or country. (laughs) Post office knows where we are. Yeah. Anyway, next piece of news I have (laughs) is that Sony is backing out of PAX East, uh, which is in Boston, uh, Mm. due to the coronavirus scare. And I found out that's a lie. It's a lie, dude, because they spent so much money on the heat sinks, they can't afford to go to PAX. (laughs) (laughs) That's possible. That's really possible. It could be a lie because there is some stuff that doesn't really make much sense about it. Get rid of the heat sinks and go to PAX, you bastards. Um, Yes, it's within America. So I guess they're trying to say that they don't want to bring their Sony workers over from Japan and... I guess they're trying to reduce travel in hopes of fighting the coronavirus. I don't know quite what their angle is at. But what it's done is it's put things like Last of Us 2 and Final Fantasy 7 in a weird position where uh, they had big presentations that they were going to do, and now they don't. And you got to respect the decision of Sony. Um, You can't... This is one of those things where... Whether or not you agree with their choice or if you're disappointed by them not being at PAX East, you cannot like argue it. It's one of those things where it's it would be like saying that, you know, you don't agree that we should fight cancer. You know, yeah. it's like saying <laughs> it's saying, oh, I don't care about the spread of disease. Like no one would say that. So anything yeah. you could say against this would be basically selfishness against mankind. Um so I understand why the thing is, I don't understand why I kind of understand why Sony made the decision, but after yeah. they made the decision, it is now putting every other person at PAX East in this weird decision and position <laughs> where it's like, do they not care about their employees? So like well, if, yeah, if someone like Activision forced- sends some people to uh, PAX East, does that mean they hate their employees? But were they forced to make the decision by, CDC or their government, you know, I mean, it just, it really yeah, that's depends, possible too. you know, I mean, CDC could have said, you know what, your, your people aren't coming over. That's just the way it is. Because I guarantee you that they know of these events that international people are coming to. Right. But Nintendo uh, with has this coronavirus canceled. going on. Uh, <laughs> the yeah, same but they're country. probably going to, they're probably going to. Right. That's going to put um, pressure on all these other companies is what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying? Oh right? yeah. Okay. I agree, but like you said, though it it is a it is a uh, a, a planet wide health issue. You know what I mean? We we have to you know pay attention to that because you know I, you're going to hate me for saying this, ladies and gentlemen. But the bottom line is, health comes before a fucking game, man. I mean, right. that's just the way it I is. You're going to say we are all going to die one day anyway. Oh, we are. We are all going to okay. die one day, but that's for next week's episode. But for now, <laughs> what I'm saying is that I, I honestly think it was a smart decision. Uh, I was making jokes about the heat sinks earlier, but I honestly think it is a smart decision. I mean, think about it. I, that's where it's hitting the hardest right now. We don't need it becoming a pandemic. So, yeah, let's let's go ahead and make some smart moves. All the other stuff can wait. Yes, there's going to be delays on certain things. And yeah, it's going to force some of these companies like Nintendo to make some hard decisions. But yeah, 
I agree with you. I, I think that it is because of that. And I honestly think that the CDC and the government officials that have to do with each one of these individual countries had something to do with it. It was probably strongly suggested. And we're waiting for the rest of these companies to come out and make the announcements. Yeah. And now it's turning. <laughs> the sad part is this is like an actual serious issue, but I, yeah. I can't help but think that this is going to like spawn a bunch of Sony pulling out memes or Sony. Oh, yeah. Canceling memes. And the thing is, Sony's Sony, just will, like, ne- Sony will never make a new game because they're always pulling, <laughs> they're always out. pulling out. Yeah. <laughs> the, you heard it here first. <laughs> The thing is, it's the thing is, I'm sure that they actually the thing is, they actually wanted to be at this event. They already had a yes, bunch of stuff did. planned. Yeah. It's um, not like E3. They wanted to be there. Yeah. Yeah. E3, they've canceled two years in a row. And yep. that relationship now, is over. Yeah. And now they're now they're <laughs> leaving PAX East because of the coronavirus, which is awfully suspicious, probably to some people. But I mean, it's an actual reason to actually not go to the yes. event. You know, it is a legitimate reason. Yes. Oof. Oof. Let me see. Um, next in news, um, Pokemon Home launched, and you're not going to believe this, but this service has already made over a million dollars. I'm just going to cut to the chase. Um, that is sweet. That is it, sweet. If you don't know what Pokemon Home is, is it is essentially google drive or icloud (laughs) and it's that for your pokemon data so that you can transfer pokemon from different games to different games and that's basically all it is like they were talking about a very small amount of information storage and um you pay for it it's a uh, service that you pay for yearly or monthly i think it's monthly but to pay for it yearly, you just have to pay like a lot. Um, and the thing is, there's there, there's like a lot of things about it that are free. And then there's like premiums where you can increase um, a bunch of the features of it. And I don't know. I just didn't expect many people to buy into this as quickly as they did. And it's amazing that it's made that much money already. And... I, I like the idea of Pokemon Home, um, but it's kind of crazy to think that it was that successful that quick. And I think being Pokemon, they would expect that. But I think it's kind of I, I'm not saying that it's bad that it's that successful. I'm saying that maybe consumers of Pokemon stuff should be a little bit more conservative with how much they spend on the stuff so that maybe Nintendo doesn't always try to just pull money out of them um yeah because i'm sure this is the thing is when you are crazy about something when you're a fanatic about something in other words a pokemon fanatic um (laughs) you (laughs) you will see worth in something that no one else will see worth in and when someone tells you for five dollars a month you can have a feature that allows you to transfer certain pokemon to different games to you, that is fantastic. And the fact that it has a mobile app where you can see all your stuff is also fantastic. This has this yes. ability to feel like you're always connected to the world of Pokemon and the Pokemon that you have personally after 
hundreds of thousands of hours of playing from your childhood because you can make this stuff sink back all the way to the original games. Um, so this is something that you would have a strong connection to. Obviously, you would see, you know, the worth in it a lot more than the average consumer. And all I'm saying is that because it is a type of medium that you can get really crazy um, into, I, I guess is what I'm saying. In the same yes. in the same sense, I understand this because I I am somewhat that way with Pokemon. I'm not that crazy, but I can get pretty kind of excited about new things with Pokemon. So I understand the idea that money isn't an issue sometimes because you're that crazy about the product. But I'm thinking that it's almost like it's too easy to give up money for little small things where that's what I'm saying. Microtransactions are really easy. And that's one of those reasons why Pokemon Go made so much money is that they just hit you with those really little like $1, $2 transactions. And it adds up over a while and over millions of players, it adds up really fast. And, um, I, I am really not, I'm nearly not trying to hate on Pokemon home. I'm just saying that $1 million is a lot of money for a service that is basically a cloud. (laughs) And that's a lot of money very quickly for a cloud that was announced to kind of a lukewarm response. When it was first announced, people thought it was just kind of gimmicky and that it was probably going to try to just, you know, steal money from people. (laughs) But when it finally came out, I mean, people are just like, wow, this is awesome. Look at all this stuff you can do now with it. And the people that don't care about it, aren't talking about it. So it's one of those things where it's escaped the haters because it's just not in their line of view, you know? So it's one of those things where it's just really good for the people that it's for. And I think there's getting the worth out of it. And that's why it's made so much money. Um, So yeah, if you're into Pokemon, be sure to go check out Pokemon home. It's a really cool feature. I do advise that this is not a cool feature. If you don't have anything, but like one Pokemon game, this whole feature only makes sense. If you have a bunch of Pokemon games. So that's the thing is it's also a niche crowd of like people that own multiple titles of a series. You know, this doesn't attract people that only have the new Pokemon games. If you don't have a history of other games, there's no reason to have a cloud where you can move Pokemon to different games. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So this th- that's I guess that's what's so crazy about this is we can, we don't even think about this from like if you stood back and compared this to other games, it wouldn't make much sense because there's not another franchise that has this type of following and customization where it would make sense to have a th- not a third party, but another application that allows you to store information from multiple games. You get what I'm saying? That's like really weird. Yes. It's like if people got excited about Uplay or <laughs> or any of those hubs that different <laughs> uh, uh, publishers make. Like no one gets excited about that stuff. Like, oh, cool, I got my Ubisoft points so I can get like a hat for my Monopoly man in my Hasbro game pack. Like nobody cares about that. But um, this is something that people actually get excited about about a franchise that it you know spans over twenty years and. That's that's all really you have to say about it. It's it's a very successful franchise that spans over 20 years and has a lot of fans and it could make a million dollars in less than a week, you know. 
Yes. So that's Absolutely. Crazy. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing to see that it did that well that quickly. Yeah, and I guess that's all I'm going to talk about that. I felt like I kept saying the same thing. I'm sorry about that redundancy of what I was talking about. but Oh, dude, not at all, man. Okay, well, that's all I really had this week. I really wanted to talk mostly about Bleeding Edge, but what did you get this week? Oh, as far as news? Well, uh, we were talking uh, earlier last, well, not earlier, but last week about GeForce Now um, and how... Uh, Activision Blizzard. <laughs> Activision and Blizzard yeah. had taken all of its games away. Mm -hmm. Well, now uh, Bethesda has uh, done the same. Uh, basically, and I'm going to go ahead and read off everything that they've taken away. Okay. Wolfenstein, The Blood Order, and The New Order. Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. The Evil Within 2, Rage 2, Quake Champions, Prey, Fallout, New Vegas, 76, and 3. Everspace, Doom, Dishonored, and Dishonored 2 and Death of the Outsider Dishonored, Elder Scrolls Online Elsewhere, and Elder Scrolls V Skyrim and Skyrim Special Edition. They took off all these games, okay, which may end up being a, a, a big bummer for GeForce as far as getting, you know, some sort of people behind it because they're losing all these games. And people are pissed off because they bought some of these games specifically to play on the GeForce now. But what I think has happened is because it's still in its uh, trial period and they've gone from what I understand directly back to a paid service after this trial period is over. Um, I think these games are going to come back. Now, one of the big things about GeForce that's going to help them out right now is that cyber cyberpunk 2077 has uh, announced that it is, you know, support, uh, supporting yeah. GeForce, it's going to be on it uh, when it launches in September. So that's I a think big this win. Is a, yeah. Oh yeah, it's a really big win for them. And I think if this game succeeds like everybody thinks it's going to succeed, and especially uh, being played on um, uh, on uh, uh, GeForce, the uh, that whole thing, then I think it's going to um, make <laughs> yeah. a huge difference as far as. Uh, I guess that as means they as, have a um, good relationship. If they make a comeback or not. Yeah. yeah. I, guess that means I really have, think they do. I guess that means they, have, they probably have a good relationship with uh, CD Projekt Red then, if they're getting um, Cyberpunk, um, which I can only assume means that I guess The Witcher 3 is still on GeForce now. I feel bad talking about this and not knowing. Um, but CG, CD Projekt Red is a really good company to have in good terms, especially with the popularity of the witcher three right now plus the hype for cyberpunk um but bethesda is a pretty big blow um blizzard activision bethesda i don't really understand why they're pulling out um because they're not sony um yeah no, i don't understand why they're pulling out but at the same time i kind of get it i get that they I guess my bigger question is, did GeForce Now not warn these companies? Yeah. Like, was this well, really a surprise? <laughs> I think, though, that, uh, see, it's it's a little bit of fault on both sides. Because, you know, last week we did say that that uh, GeForce said that it was a misunderstanding, that they assumed that these guys were okay with the trial period, etc. But, you know, that's the whole thing. I think everybody assumed on both sides 
and nobody literally agreed to anything. So, but but once uh, GeForce goes into a full time paid thing, paid status, where you're you're paying that four ninety nine a month for a subscription, whatever it is. I think that these uh, Activision and Bethesda are going to come back because it's just going to make their games more playable to everybody else. I mean, think about it. You can use GeForce now and play one of these games in an RTX mode on a Mac. I mean, the draw to that is huge. You, you would think these companies would want people to buy their games just so they could play it on the GeForce now because they, they still have to buy the title. To play that game for four ninety nine a month on yeah, through an RTX. I think the only reason you would remove it is if you, there's the there's the any likelihood of people repurchasing. You got what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah, yeah. They're trying to get you to buy it again, which is it kind of looks bad when you've already paid for it. But um, it's like it's like if you could convert dvds to digital movies for free like there was a lot of companies that would charge you like one to two dollars to do it and now it's like five dollars but if it was free they would be like oh now no one's going to buy digital movies if we allow them to convert their dvds to digital movies for free so i understand that point of view they're thinking that once games all go streaming they're losing out on this market of people repurchasing games for that market and um, I mean, I kind of get that, but you got to understand that some people have already purchased your game two to three times, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I I don't know. I I think that it's smart if these guys use the GeForce service. I think it's uh, it's smart of them to let their games be included because it's just going to bring them more uh, attention in the long run. So it's it's a win-win for everybody. I think it'd be stupid to keep them 100% removed from there. Yeah, I think they will come back, especially if GeForce Now takes off. Um, especially if 2077 does great, too. Yeah. I mean, if that does good, then, yeah, everybody's going to be clamoring to get in GeForce's door, man. Yeah, and I think that's the, really thing that, the, the real thing that has to happen. I don't know why I'm tripping over my words so much tonight. Um, the real thing that has to happen is that GeForce now has to be successful enough that people want to work with them, not, um, <laughs> want GeForce now to come to them groveling, yes. you know? Uh, yeah. so we really have to wait and see how well GeForce now does. Um, right now I still feel like their branding is very aware to just PC gamers. So, uh-huh. um, they they really need to branch out and try to capture that crowd that Stadia was targeting. And um, I don't know. That's We got to just see where it goes from there, you know? Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Well, speaking of Activision, I thought I'd mm-hmm. do a little thing on this. Um, yeah. When they uh, just did their release of their new update, which has the Battle Royale mode uh, Warzone in it, well, uh, Activision subpoenaed Reddit to what game is uh, this? for Call of Duty. Okay, uh, for the Battle Royale, um, the for Modern Warfare. Uh, there's a Battle Royale mode called Warzone, and uh, somebody on Reddit had leaked it uh, along with artwork that was actual artwork from the game and from the game mode. And uh, it, it's not the first time that it's happened. I mean, it has happened in some other 
uh, areas of, with concerns to Warzone. But, you know, uh, basically they deleted the post because it, you know, yes, it was considered a leak, but they've subpoenaed uh, Reddit so that they could get the name of the person so that they could actually file a lawsuit. Um, this isn't the first time we've heard of this either. I mean, there's been um, several uh, different uh, companies that are doing this when people are leaking information about their games. It's a DMCA uh, subpoena. It's called the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. So basically what they're saying is that, yeah, you're infringing on our copyrighted material because you're posting it on your service, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. Now, since Reddit did take it down, um, they were not, you know, included in the copyrighted material. They were not at fault because they did take the post down once they were uh, aware, made aware of it. However, uh, they're still suing them or subpoenaing them for the name of the leakers so that they could go ahead and um, sue that person. Now, this isn't, like I said, the first time it happened. Epics did it a while back because of the Fortnite Chapter 2 stuff. And then they sued another person a month later for doing the same thing. So I don't know why people keep doing this. Yeah. You know, people want to know about the game, but you know, you're not some sort of a, uh, you know, newsbreaker or some sort of, uh, you know, special bulletin like we are here at declassified cheat codes. I mean, we have the real scoop. You guys, you guys are just, you know, little weenie heads that are trying to get your name made by <laughs> leaking some information that you didn't need to leak. So, Hey, they back, have every right to do scoopers. it. Yeah. Back scoopers back scooper and uh they uh they have every right to sue these guys because yes they leaked copyrighted information etc but it, it always my whole point in this is it just always seems like something with activision uh, lately uh there's always something going on with these guys so uh why can't we just get back to gaming that's what i want to know why do we have to keep coming to this kind of stuff but yeah so yep they suing somebody else they're trying to anyway we will see what happens uh, last thing that I wanted to talk about was, uh, because I already mentioned Bethesda, Cyberpunk, and that. I had another thing on here that uh, Xbox One, um, there's some really cool deals going on. You know, Xbox One X uh, is $299 right now, but the Xbox One S Digital Edition, I found this the other day, $135. 135 man, for the Digital Edition. So if you had a uh, two-terabyte uh, external hard drive for the Xbox and you had all your games on that, guess what? You can buy one S if your Xbox now takes a shit and for 135 and you've got all that stuff on hard drive, you're good to go. You just plug that sucker in and you're playing again. So um, there's some really good deals going on right now on Xbox. Of course, it's in, uh, I think, anticipation of the new uh, Series X coming out and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you should take advantage of it. Xbox One X right now at Walmart, one terabyte is two ninety nine. Um, really cool deal. It comes um, with Jedi Fallen Order, I think. Yes, yes, it does. Which is a sixty dollars game. Uh, <laughs> let's see. And um, I'm not sure. There's if a bundle. You... They have the Gears uh -huh. of War Ultimate Edition bundle, which is all five Gears of War games, or they have the uh, Jedi uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order bundle. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, that thing was at $349. So you're looking at 50 bucks off right now. Originally it was $499, but now it's $299. So yeah, it's coming yeah, down man. a lot. It's a hell of a good deal right now. And uh, yeah, I, I think you, uh, I really I think like all you my people should leave the PlayStation and come over to Xbox, come yeah. to the dark side. <laughs> 
But speaking of But they also have the NBA 2K20 bundle also. Speaking of PlayStation, since you're bringing up consoles coming down before next gen, let me add this. <laughs> the PlayStation Pro has <laughs> dropped $100 on Amazon this week too. Um, oh, wow. It's now $299 instead of $399. So it's now the price of you know a regular PlayStation. So if you're a PlayStation boy or girl... <laughs> Um, the uh, <laughs> Pro is down to 300 which is probably the cheapest you'll ever see it, you know, in February. <laughs> um, but um, obviously that's because we're anticipating the next console generation. But yeah, we're getting $100 off that. Um, you just said the 1X is down 200 plus it comes with the game. So that's crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't remember what I paid for mine. It's probably near the original price. <laughs> But no, I really like my One X. It's it runs really smooth. It's really it's it's night and day different from uh, the One S I used to have. Right on. Well, that's all the news I have, buddy. Okay, that's well, all I've got. Um, I thought this was a short show, and then I saw how much we recorded. It's actually not a short show. We actually got there. Uh, it's just different. We usually begin with the news, but I just felt like talking about Bleeding Edge earlier, and. Um, yeah, so I kind of forgot we talked about Bleeding Edge for probably half an hour. <laughs> um, yeah, we did. So yeah, so yeah, this next week, I looked forward to playing more games, maybe giving you all a better opinion on those ones I've been dabbling in. Um, but I don't know. Is there anything big coming out this week? What is this next uh, week? Is it the last week of February? I've... Yes. Okay, so we're, we're looking forward to March now. Yes. Okay. Streamer, 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 shout out! Oh my god! Oh my god! All right, so today's streamer shout out goes to Chance Paladin. Chance Paladin is not just a streamer on DLive, that's where you can find him. It's Chance Paladin capital C, Paladin, capital P, all one word. And uh, you can find him on DLive. Uh, he's a great streamer. He's a great guy. He supports a lot of small streamers. He actually got quite a following. But the catchy thing about Chance Paladin is he used to be a YouTuber. And he uh, came over to DLive. But he is a writer. And that's what he does. Um, you can actually find his novels on Amazon. And uh, we're going to have a link to his DLive account and a link to his Amazon account when we post this. Uh, he writes post-apocalypse stories. And uh, see, he says in his, his byline that uh, portions of these stories are ideally intended for mature audiences. Uh, there is... He says the romance level is as much romance as you would expect in a typical post-apocalypse scenario. Uh and, you know, he says it's generally tasteful, uh, part of the story and not gratuitous or fetishized. Uh, there isn't really any hard swearing in the books, uh, but there is a moderate amount of violence, as would be expected uh, in this kind of a situation. And the suffering aspects are not dwelled upon intentionally. So he writes these uh, stories and apparently he has currently has uh, a series of 17 books. And like I said, you can find them on Amazon. So, yeah, not only is he a really cool guy, 
Uh, I actually met him when I went to DLive. So he's uh, not just a really cool guy. He's uh, a good streamer and he's a great supporter of uh, people who are doing this. And uh, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. He's um, a really cool guy. So check him out. Go check out his DLive channel. Go check out his uh, books on Amazon. And uh, yeah, give him a shout out. Here's to you, buddy. I apologize if I've been breathing very heavy this entire episode all, because um, I've kind of enjoyed it. Okay, well, I feel very fat because I loaded up on <laughs> pasta uh, from Olive Garden. All good. All and, good. Um, I only went there because the Sonic movie had multiple product placements for Olive Garden in it. And I feel like <laughs> that's what's coming to us all is product placements just putting us places. But hence heavy breathing. But um, Hence heavy yeah, breathing. That's all I got for this week. <laughs> that's all I got for this week. So uh, we will catch y'all next week. Same declassified time, same declassified podcast. Um, uh, stay girthy. 